0: Trade Tr- Tr- Trader Col- Crypto po- Podcast. Podcast. This is the Trader Cobb Crypto Podcast. Hi, and welcome to Geared for Growth. This week, we're chatting with Craig Cobb, who's better known as Trader Cobb, the head trader and founder of TraderCobb.com. Now, Craig is a trading expert, hence the name. He's also got exposure to property, and his father was an accomplished property developer as well. We have a chat to Craig about his entrepreneurial upbringing, about his history, and how he got into financial markets, and we get the lowdown on cryptocurrency and blockchain technology, and a real great background into what's happening in the crypto space. It's a bit left field from property but there's some great investing tips that Craig has and I really think that you'll enjoy the insights that Craig has to give as a mentor to thousands and thousands of traders and crypto nerds around the world. Here's Craig. Craig Cobb, thanks for joining us on Geared for Growth.
1: Thank you, Mike. Pleasure to be here.
0: Awesome. Now, I've been looking forward to this one. This is a little bit left field for for the Geared for Growth Property Investing podcast, but uh, kick us off, Craig. Who who are you and what do you specialize in?
1: Yeah. My name is Craig Cobb. Uh, My pseudonym is Trader Cobb, and um, basically, I'm an investor at heart. I've been investing in various different markets all around the world uh, since my first investment at 16 years of age. Uh, I've been a trader. Uh, actively trading full time for the past eleven years, looking at things like foreign exchange, stocks, commodities, bonds, uh, you name it. If it moved, I've I've traded it. I've been in property. I've I've done the lot, and, and now I'm really specialising in a, a very new technology and a new frontier in a very new market in uh, in the crypto assets world. So focusing on the crypto and blockchain. Uh, marketplace.
0: Yeah, awesome, and we're going to get into that. And, and Bitcoin's reputation precedes itself. Um, for a bit of an insight into into you, Craig, what what posters were on your bedroom wall as a youngster?
1: Oh, geez, they were uh, bodyboarding posters, really. Oh, right. <laughs> so I'm from a wonderful part of the world called Noosa Heads, Queensland. I grew up uh, at Sunshine Beach, a quick 10-minute run from the beach. So as a kid, it was uh, it was it was bodyboarding, bodyboarding. To um, I was into I had my first business at six years old and for those that were up in, in the Noosa Heads region at the time and had anything to do with uh, the Noosa Dolphins Rugby Club, if there's anyone out there, you'll know that that little guy who was running around selling chocolate-coated snakes after training, that that was me. So, it, it, my inspiration didn't at a young age come from wanting to be a uh, a business um, titan, so to speak. It was always to do with what was going on in the water.
0: Yep. Yeah, awesome and beautiful part of the world, an absolute uh, mecca for triathletes. So uh, everyone that I follow in that space seems to be in Noosa. It's just the just the perfect little uh, little place for, for for training and racing and water and all that sort of stuff. Beautiful part of the world.
1: Now, well, speaking of that, I'll just touch on that. Garth Proud, the uh, the organizer of that event, was a good friend of ours. He unfortunately passed last year, and uh, yeah, he he lived up just up the road. He was a neighbor of ours, so very close ties with the Noosa Triathlon.
0: Yeah, wow, awesome. And you've got uh, multiple. Uh, Olympic gold medalists up there. You got Hawaii Ironman champions. Um, yeah, it's a it's a real hotspot for it. Now, now, Craig, obviously you're um, you're you're a mentor in the crypto space, and and that's probably the focus of what we're we're looking at today. But you actually did uh, did have quite a lot of exposure to to, to property yourself and, and through your family. Can you can you run us through your exposure to property?
1: Yeah. So again, that's. Started at a very young age. My my father's a uh, a builder up in Noosa and uh, has built a lot of the town, a lot of the uh, the very large houses. And it's a very touristy, um, wealthy. So it's sort of where Melbourne, Brisbane, Sydney, Perth money sits for their weekenders. Dad sort of did that. Now, um, throughout my childhood, Dad was developing as well as building, uh, buying, selling, you know, renovating, doing what builders do. You know, they can make the margin because they're the ones that are building it. Uh, and what we used to do on some some weekends is he would pull out the, uh, you know, the section of the paper that we have now, or back in the olden days. Uh, we didn't have that entire 600-page magazine. Yes, yes. <laughs> we used to have a couple of pages, right? Um, and he'd uh, say, so, you know, what would you buy for X and, and, and what would you do to it? So I was introduced to uh, thinking about how to, I guess, increase property value from a value-add perspective from a very young age. And just growing up around it, it was, it was kind of just part of... Part of being a cob, uh, f- essentially. Now, fast forward many years uh, to where I'm at right now. I, I do have a company called Parkedge Capital, and Edge Capital, uh, Capital specialises in searching development sites for large-scale developers. <coughs> excuse me, but also in uh, in offering funding solutions for your small to medium developers. Up to about five million, we can fund fairly quickly. So, mm-hmm. it's it's in that space where we do the due diligence. We we look at the um, we look at the projects, feasibilities, we, we do the research in that space to decide whether or not we'll either do one of two things. One is a joint venture where we'll uh, bring the money partner and also help to run the project with you. Uh, and the second one is just a straight lending for people to sort of, uh, you know, potentially, as we know, especially at the moment, uh, the banks can be a little bit tricky as far as, you know, you might find the great site, you might need that, you know, $100,000 deposit, but it will take you three months to get it because the bank's being very very difficult which means you'll miss that site and there goes your opportunity so we offer some lending uh, solutions there at parkagecapital.com as well
0: and you're talking you know based on the, the due diligence stacking up a 72 hour turnaround or something crazy like that right
1: yeah, so not so much for the joint venture side of things, because that, of course there's, uh, I'll tell you honestly, most nine times out of ten people that are looking for joint ventures don't have all the documentation that we require, right? Uh, it, it, within 72 hours, so it's a little bit more going back and forth, but um, but certainly for the fixed lending, uh, in the in this, the reason we put the 72 hour limit on that is oh, sorry deadline from our point of view is that effectively in property speed and property are not things that go hand in hand that often. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but obviously, like I say, to secure the right site, often we do need speed. Now, how many have, how many investors out there have actually got three or four hundred thousand dollars in cash that are just sitting there waiting for a good home for the right site? Well, not many. Mm. Usually that money is tied up in other projects or more so it's tied up in equity. Now, unless you've got a really great relationship with your banker, it's very difficult to release that equity very very quickly, unless, of course, you've got the facility to do so. Now, if you've got the facility, you don't need us. If you don't have the facility or you're stretched and it's a fantastic site and you can show us how you'll get that money plus the interest back to us within that, within the time frame, then, yes, we can turn around and fund within 70, 72 hours. So we, we, we speed is our friend.
0: Awesome. Let's, uh, let's get into your sort of path to, to today, uh, Craig. You're, you're a sales guru, obviously a property expert, uh, financial trader, mentor. In, in what sort of order did you, did you acquire that uh, skill set? And can you tell us a little <laughs> bit about your journey to, to, to how you're getting today to, to being a mentor to you know, tens of thousands of, uh, of crypto traders?
1: Yeah, sure. It's a good. It's a good question. Uh, I'll, I'll try and keep it brief because there's lots of little steps. But uh, it, it's sort of the entrepreneurial spirit came first. Um, the I don't chocolate know if snakes. It, it, well, it was actually before the chocolate snakes. Oh, it wow. was um, six years old, grade one, Sunshine Beach High School. Uh, remember those thirty centimeter rules? You get there about two and a half centimeters wide, mm-hmm. centimeters long, and everyone got issued with one of those when they you know on their first day of school each year. Now, I uh, I never got tuck shop. I never got tuck shop money. I was always the health and the fruit, which I'm thankful for now, but back then, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> not so much. And um, effectively, uh, what I wanted was money to buy sweets at the tuck shop. So I chopped these rulers in half. My dad's a builder. As I said, I put the uh, belt sander upside down and the vice in the garage. As a six-year-old, I was pretty familiar with tools. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and I, I would shape these rulers into surfboards, fold my book over and sort of put blue tack on the board and, and, and surf my, my book at school, which of course created a demand. People wanted these things. So I'd stand just in front of the tuck shop line and sell them to people to get my tuck shop money. That was the wow. first one. So it wasn't it wasn't that I was trying to do anything. It was born out of necessity. I want that. I can't get that. Oh, I just found a way to get that. How can I get that person to give me what I want and they have something that they want. And that was a simple transaction that sort of spurned uh, the entrepreneurial spirit within me. Mum got called to the principal's office. Um, thankfully, credit to the principal, it wasn't a telling off. this, it's a good thing, but you need to nurture it.
0: Yeah, so- <laughs> You're right. I want to invest in this kid. Where <laughs> do I sign? <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. so it started very, very organically and very, very young. Through there, obviously, lots of little businesses as a child. Uh, then I moved to, to London, had a couple of businesses that made me some decent money in uh, in Noosa, doing shop fit-outs, that sort of thing, and decided I would, um, I would travel. I got a round-the-world ticket with my best friend, and uh, off we went. Uh, I ended up spending some time in London running out of money. Um, two uh, wonderful, very wealthy young ladies, or from wealthy parents, had very expensive tastes, so my money soon ran out, and <laughs> uh, it kind of pushed me into into getting a job, and uh, I started looking into trading in a serious way at that point in time. So naturally, started looking for jobs in that marketplace, in that industry, and um, was fortunate enough to be able to work with some really good traders. I'd, go into the office uh, while it was still dark which is kind of you know most of the day in London in winter but <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was up bright and early learning uh, what they did for no pay and then I'd stay into in late at night so I could again just, just just sit with them and watch them and learn from them and, and based around that I was able to sort of start to create my own code and I don't mean you know code writing I mean my own my own sort of view of the traditional trading world um, and and from there it just started to grow and I, I started to get recognized and um, my commentary and, and my presenting abilities and uh, my ability to sort of take something that can seem quite complex and make it quite simple, got me on stages all around the world. So I've been very fortunate to travel all around the world uh, as a trader, as a presenter, as a mentor, as a coach, as, you know, call it what you will. Um, back in Sydney six years ago, trading full time, got a bit jaded by it, started to go back back towards property again with Park Capital and all that sort of stuff. And, um, and then cryptocurrency came along uh, I'd been introduced to it in 2013 um, but for me at that moment in time there wasn't enough volume so as a trader I need to be able to have the volume to get in and out there's no point in owning something if you can't sell it yes. uh, and it didn't have you know as you were with property you, you'll be looking for maybe a checklist certainly the way I teach is I've got everything in a checklist format. you'll have your strategy right now I needed to have volume as a part of that strategy. Bitcoin didn't have the volume back then. People say to me these days, oh, you're kicking yourself for not buying Bitcoin in 2013, and the answer is absolutely not no, because if I had have bought Bitcoin back in 2013, yes, I would have had financial gain, there's no doubt. However, I would have broken my rules, and if I had have started breaking my rules back then, who would I be today? Well, I probably wouldn't be in the same position that I am now. So um, the discipline has, has paid off in a big way, and and now I got the phone call um Oh, about 12, 18 months, uh, t- about 12 months ago, something, something along those lines. Uh, a little, maybe a little bit, a little bit less than that. Uh, saying, "Kobe, you've got to have a look at crypto." And the phone call came from somebody who I was more than willing to listen to. Uh, somebody who I considered to be a mentor. And if they speak, you listen. Um, so that was what got me back into it. And uh, all my strategies have worked phenomenally well. They actually work better uh, in this market than they do in traditional markets. And when I say better, I'm, I don't mean. Um, there are more trades or more frequent trades or anything like that. I mean that for the risk, the reward multiple is far greater in this market just due to the fact the volatility is absolutely insane. So wow. I've thrown my considerable, uh, you know, I've thrown everything at it. So uh, everything I've never been so. Um, uh, bullish an industry, and it's not just Bitcoin, it's not just cryptocurrency, it's what I call crypto assets and the blockchain technology sphere. I, I see it as being one of the biggest advancements uh, since the internet. So I am... Very much behind it and um, enjoy it. Yeah,
0: that's awesome. What a journey! And uh, you're not an old man, so you've got uh, more of the story to write. I'm looking forward to the memoirs if I'm uh, if I'm still <laughs> around. Um, <laughs> so, uh, so Craig, for, for people who haven't dipped their their toe into into crypto, I'm sure a lot of people heard of of Bitcoin. What what is crypto? What is what is blockchain? And what is the technology that is is really sort of parceled up in in this currency is it just about buying RPGs on the dark web (laughs) I threw that one in there just to see how you go
1: that's great I love it Um, look we we have the the first thing is the association with a lot of people is that if you don't want to learn about it you'll just find the easiest reason not to Uh, and that's what the Silk Road the drugs and all that sort of stuff you know the dark web that's where that's a very convenient way of um, effectively burying your head in the sand to what could be the biggest opportunity you'll ever see in your entire lifetime. And for those people, that's fine. Like I- I'm not here to try and change anybody's views. I- I'm-, I'm merely here to educate and under- help you to understand it. So the questions is a very valid one. What is cryptocurrency? What is blockchain? We'll start there. Cryptocurrency by the virtue of its name is a currency. It's a method of transacting. Now, Bitcoin got to a stage uh, where, and I'm I'm not talking about the speculative value here at all. I'm talking about the actual technology, what it is and what they're trying to facilitate. Bitcoin got to a point where, so the end of last year, even early this year, it was quite expensive to transact. It was rather slow. Um, they hadn't built the network to uh, deal with the amount of transactions that were taking place. So other, other cryptocurrencies started to step into its place. They could do, you know, 10,000 transactions a second, that sort of thing, really, really fast. Now Bitcoin rolled out what was called the Lightning Network. The Lightning Network has brought the cost of transacting in Bitcoin down to being nearly nothing. So if you consider your bank right now, you go and use your bank card or, you know, I mean, the best example is now gone, which was the they charge you two dollars $2 to take your money out from an ATM. What a scam that was. <laughs> yeah. Bitcoin has now uh, you can transact with people, not just on these shores in this country, but think about if you want to send money from Australia to London, for example, you're going to get slugged with a bunch of fees for it to get there. Now with Bitcoin, it doesn't matter where you are in the world, it is still its value and you can withdraw it, you can use it, you can spend it however you like. Now what it does is effectively captures on the blockchain. So the blockchain is like an online decentralized ledger. So think of it like this, when you go to the shops and you buy your groceries, you you give them the money. And then, if it's cash, for example, there is no um, uh, record of the transaction other than the record that you get given, which is your receipt, and the record that the business gets given, which is their, you know, their receipt for their taxes. So therefore, that transaction has taken place and it is available. Now, both of us can quite conveniently lose those receipts, and nothing ever happened. Yep. On the blockchain, it never disappears. And the the longer ago it happened, the more uh, unhackable. It actually is because it goes in and then it's layered over by more. So you and it's not your name, it's a code. Okay. Now I don't want to get too too complex because the technology side, of it, you know, like if we talk about, yes, I like the BMW X5 as opposed to the ML Mercedes. Yeah. Well, we talk about the car as the car. That's the vehicle. But there's a lot of pistons and whatnot that goes on within that car moving. We don't care about that. We don't need to care about that. All we care about is that works yeah so coming back to Bitcoin each transaction is online it's on an online ledger it's there forever
0: and what about okay, the anonymous nature of it is 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 that something that you think is is pushing this technology forward is is that something that people are looking for to be able to to transact anonymously or is it more to do with the the freedom and the lack of of sort of taxes and 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 checks and balances on it
1: Oh, look, the the uh, anonymity... Oh, God, I struggle with that word. Being anonymous, I'll just stick with that. <laughs> Anony- anonymity or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. I, I, there's one word I can't I can't say. <laughs> um, I think that that's a bit of a myth, to be absolutely honest. Um, the reason being, it's... I mean, look, if if I go through uh, an exchange, so I move my Australian dollars into Bitcoin, then send my Bitcoin to a broker or a platform, just the same as you would if you were going to use CommSector to buy shares, there is a... Very clear and distinctive pathway of that transaction. Then it goes into the market, and and it's all linked. If they really want to find it, they can. Yeah. So it's not completely anonymous. There, if I was to sort of give somebody, you know, fifty thousand dollars, and they gave me a wallet uh, with an address, because your money is at an address. Okay. So it's like a PO box. Yep. But it's online. Okay. And you can nowadays they've got these little Devices like it's pretty much like a little USB stick. Yeah, uh, you keep your your crypto on there. Therefore, it's safe. It can't be hacked. It's not online, and and then you can put that in your safe at home. Yep. Very simple way of of storing your crypto. Um, but yeah, aside from effectively really trying hard to avoid anybody knowing who you are, it, it's it's not completely anonymous. If they want to find you, they'll find you. There are some tokens out there that that, that are anonymous completely. Um, and they obviously do have their their, their benefits for some people. Um, when people think of completely anonymous, what they are t- typically leaning towards, uh, in my experience, is bad things. Yeah, yeah. Now, people talk about money laundering. People talk about buying drugs. People talk about buying RPGs in your case. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but at the end of the day, the biggest transaction, or sorry, the biggest um, uh, currency for all of that is the US dollar. Um, Where there are bad people bad things will happen. Um, you know, the internet is exactly the same. There's all sorts of horrible, horrible, horrible things going on on the internet. Does that mean that the internet is bad? No. It just means that it's like human nature. It's like the human race. There are some bad things about it. But overwhelmingly, it's positive.
0: Yep. And it wasn't set up, I guess, for negativity. It's actually a, a technology that should should benefit the way that we, we transact, right?
1: It was, bad, it was set up... But basically, because of the 2008 financial crisis, I mean, there'll be a lot of your listeners here, I'm sure, that have, have that are still coming back from that. We didn't cop it so bad here in Australia because during that period of time, we were pretty strong, uh, A, banking regulation, and B, we were still... The mining boom had come off, but it hadn't come right off. So we were still much more of a, a China-backed commodity uh, forward nation. Yes. Um, as opposed to New York, or sorry, I shouldn't say New York, you know the UK, Europe, uh, and, and the US were very much so uh, a finance-backed uh, uh, economy. So obviously they are the financial centers of the world, and, and they were hit astronomically uh, by that financial crisis. Now the trust that was uh, lost, I mean, we, stay, we see it to this day. The the big bankers that made these decisions and put everybody, you know, effectively bankrupt or under or hurt them significantly, they're off on their yachts. So they just went. Oh, that's a bit of a bummer, isn't it? No, I'm not going to jail. I'm not taking responsibility. It wasn't my fault. Screw you. I'm going home. So the lack of trust, um, so the the trust that was broken, and the the they basically just discredited themselves. And uh, Bitcoin was founded just to try and give people uh a, a, another option. And and from there, it's gone above and beyond. Uh, what anybody could have thought, even past the Satoshi Nakamoto, who is maybe one person, maybe ten, who knows, uh, an anonymous human being or a fictional human being, um, it's it's gone a lot further. It was there, born out of the mistrust for the bankers.
0: Now, when we, when we compare crypto to property, firstly, can we? Are, 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 there, any, are there any sort of correlations other than the, the human element you can sort of overanalyze? You can be feared uh, too fearful of risk. I, is, it, is it something that we can consider as, as similar with crypto and property? Are they both basically things that we trade with a view to capital gain?
1: They're similar, definitely, in in the sense that they're both investment vehicles. They're both investment tools, but that's about where the similarity stops. Um, With cryptocurrency, we do carry with us a larger degree of risk due to the volatility of this marketplace and the fact that it is a very, very new marketplace. With property, we need a very, uh, you know, relative speaking to crypto, we we needed a much larger sum of money. We are holding our positions in property for a considerably longer period of time in most cases of course you can just flip it move it on do an option there are plenty of options where you can be in in and out quickly but never as quickly as what you can in crypto so what you're looking at is an investment vehicle in cryptocurrency I'll call it crypto assets because currency is just one one form of that um, whereby you can take a small amount of money and turn it into a large amount of money obviously there are a lot of things that need to transpire for that to occur But you don't need to have such a huge amount of money. So if I'm going to be going into property and I'm looking for a 30% return on a million dollar investment, then you know I'm looking at 300,000. Now I'm going to leverage that, but I'll probably still need, in today's market, two to three hundred to make that work. Then the construction costs on top. Of course, we can borrow, we can leverage. The banks are a little bit tighter now. Mm. So for me to make 300,000, I may need to use 300,000 of my own money. So I'm getting a hundred percent return on investment if I do well and get out and let's say that occurs over the period of a year. So that's $300,000 for a year, it's a 100% return. Compare that to cryptocurrency where it's not uncommon to see times 10 on your money, times 100 on your money or even times 1000 on your money. So that's where the difference is. If I put $10,000 into a into a uh, blockchain-based asset class on the uh, you know in crypto asset space, my $10,000 which of course is Nothing like the three hundred thousand we're talking about. Well, let's let's make it comparable. Let's say I put thirty thousand dollars in and my tokens or my portfolio grows by a multiple of ten over that period of the year. Well that thirty thousand has now given me three hundred thousand. So with a lot less, I can have a lot more, of course, with these massive upsides. Does does also come larger risks. But I think that it levels out quite nicely because the amount that you need to, or the amount that you can uh, start with in cryptocurrency can be much, much smaller, whereas with property, you can't really start that small
0: yeah and and I guess it's not one or the other, right, so you could potentially diversify away from 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 property with a smaller amount and potentially get the 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 same returns obviously the the risk is 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 presumably higher and, and I'm interested why you sort of move from from general trading into into Bitcoin. Is it because of that extreme volatility and that potential upside? and, and how does that balance with, with the, the negativity of, of investing in something that is as volatile as Bitcoin has been?
1: Yeah, look, great question. I mean there's there's two sides to that. First of all, I mean, yes, I think that it's it's wise for anybody to have a balanced portfolio and crypto assets, if that is something that you're interested in, would be a wise uh, thing to consider absolutely you know you got to speak to your financial advisor who will tell you that you're mad
0: um, but <laughs> yep. you do
1: do, do do it's just because it's you know people don't want to be uh, they don't want to have to learn things like i said before it's very easy to stick your head in the sand and, and miss everything you know if you want to be at the forefront of a new industry and and really have those massive gains and you need to do your own research it, it, it does come down to you so i think about portfolio is very a very good idea no matter what asset class we're talking about as far as the tr- why am I trading crypto now as opposed to traditional markets, it really is just the volatility, Mike. Um, in cryptocurrency, you know, to have—I mean, I- I'm looking right now at uh, at my charts, and I mean, I- I'm looking at—you know—Neo is up four um, percent, Monero is up six and a half percent, and this is this is—you know, we only just. This is a really slow day. This is a really, really, really slow day. Now, if I was trading, say, dollar yen, for example, if I got a three percent move on the day, that was a big move.
0: Yeah.
1: So that's what I'm saying, you know, my risk multiple. So let's say my risk multiple is $5,000 for a trade. Yeah. Yep. Then in traditional markets, my one to one, so risk multiplied by, uh, so my risk multiplied by one would be double. So my 5,000 risk is 5,000 reward. That's a risk multiple to reward multiple of one, one to one. Yeah. Now, if I was to say, take that in traditional markets and be happy with my one-to-one i.e risk five thousand to make five thousand in cryptocurrency it's more than likely and very very common to take that five thousand and turn that into 25 35 45 50,000 so from a trading perspective the movement of the market is significantly greater the volatility is greater the risk i manage the risk so i choose how much i risk the market just chooses how far it moves, and because I can control my risk, and the market moves a lot further, my potential upside reward is significantly increased, while my downside is still managed the same as it would be in traditional markets.
0: And you're 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 managing that by by putting in stops, right? And 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 because of the liquidity, let's say you've you've bought a property in a in a mining town, and you can just you see that it's absolutely tanking because. You know everyone's everyone's leaving you you can you can put in a stop to some degree in that you can put it on the market but it might take six weeks for you to to get that and already you've you've lost quite a bit whereas you can you can put a stop in for a particular day right is, is that how you you manage that that potential downside risk in a, in a way that takes out that that huge downside volatility but still exposes you to that upside volatility
1: yeah, absolutely. I use stop losses, I use target orders as well. Um so I can put an order in so that if it comes down to that point, it will take me out automatically. <clears throat> now, the, the the you also have to be a little bit careful because it is still a very new market. If I'm trading on larger, if, you, if you're looking at 1 or 200 dollars a trade, you can kind of cover the top 100, all right? Mm-hmm. If you're talking about multiples of 5, 6,000 dollars a trade uh, and you're looking at leverage, of course you're looking at a much bigger position then, of course, you would be looking to you know probably stay with, within the top 20. But, I mean, that's that's sort of what I teach through my education series and whatnot, is to help people to understand why, like, based on your account size, you, you do need to have some additional risk uh, areas in place. But the beauty of it is, Mike, is that um, whether the market goes up or the market goes down, I can make money. Um, if I'm an investor, and this is a good point to make, actually, if, if you're an investor in crypto, you want to find a good project to buy into and you, you might just sort of sit back and do not a great deal, kind of like you do with stocks. Uh, but maybe bring that time frame forward a little bit to, you know, where it might be a three year plan uh, for, for an equity, for example. You might be looking at, a, you know, six to 12 months for a crypto to then refresh, revise and review. Now, if you're going to be investing, well then obviously we need a bull market. We can only make money as the market goes up. up. Um, If I'm a trader, I can make money whether the market goes up or down. Now, if I combine both of those to be an investor and a trader, I can invest in the long-term growth of this very new emerging market, uh, and I can also trade the momentum throughout that period. And I think what I've seen a lot of uh, across the board is uh, saying that I've got is even a turkey can fly in a hurricane <laughs> nice. and um, You know as the markets go through the roof everybody's happy everyone's an expert everyone's really really fantastic and everyone's an expert right? When the markets fall everyone's crying. They're, they're screaming from the rooftops. It's a very, I will say that as far as it's it's um, the way it moves. There's very little institutional money in there, so it does Go wild and it will solidify and, and have more of a NASDAQ type feel to it eventually once this market matures. But for the time being, the volatility is there, and with that volatility comes opportunity. So, yeah, my, my sort of take on it is yes, everybody does very well when the market goes up because it's really, really easy. There's a lot of people out there that are flogging things that are not going to work in traditional markets and they're not going to work when this market does level out. I give people the opportunity to make money whether that goes up or down.
0: And, and case in point, it it'd be a different sort of conversation for us to have at the at the peak of Bitcoin. A, a, a cursory Google of Bitcoin shows that you know we've fallen back quite a bit. We're roughly around ten thousand dollars at the moment, and we got as high as twenty two. Cor- correct me if I'm wrong. Um, there's been a lot of talk about the bubble and, and people sort of that haven't invested at rubbing their hands together with the, the idea that the people spruking it at the barbecues are going to lose their potential Lamborghini. What, <laughs> what, what's, what's happening with Bitcoin in the market? Is this a bubble? Can you still make money in a bubble? And obviously, I'm, I'm guessing that you've been investing all the way through the peak and you're still existing on the downside and you're still making money. And, and Can you talk us through how that's possible?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So yes, you're right. We got up to, you know, we approached 20,000 US dollars. So that gets what, 25, 26 Aussie uh, at the peaks uh, of its run up. Now, uh, there was some very, very telltale signs up around those highs that we would see a pullback. And I I can remember as I was commentating and doing my videos and putting my content out there and whatnot, people that hadn't learned how I trade and done my programs and whatnot was saying, Oh, I was saying it'll, it'll pull back. You know, 6,000 is probably a reasonable place for it to happen. And this is when it's up at 20, like when it's up near 20,000 US. Yep. And people are saying, You're mad. You're an idiot. You've got no idea what you're talking about. Blah, blah. blah. Like, like I said, everybody's an expert when it's going up. Yep. Um, it's because I've been there. I've done that. I've been in the markets longer than six months. Been in the markets longer than two years. I've been in the markets for a very, very long time for my lifespan. Right, (laughs) Um, a considerable part of my life has been spent trading. So, from my perspective, this is a market I know what markets do. Uh, Did I sell Bitcoin? Did I exit up around those tops? Yeah, there was some very clear. You know, there was. It was for me, and the people that I've taught. It was obvious. It was. This is. This is silly. This is absolutely silly it will not be sustained this market will fall back and it did and it has and at the moment we are in a consolidating fit period we might go lower Uh, i do daily analysis and whatnot but i don't have a crystal ball and you know on my podcast each day the trader club crypto show you've got access to see what i'm seeing each day and bringing bits of news and whatnot but the, the reason i'm not concerned about it right now is because uh, I can make money at the direction as a trader. But what I'm saying, if if you take yourself out of the noise, and you know, you'll have had this from a lot of people as well, Mike, you know, the, the idea of how do you take a business from turning over two million to two hundred million, you take yourself out of the business and you start working on the business. Yeah. People people get caught up in the noise and all the rubbish that's being said. It's not knowledgeable rubbish. It's just noise. It's an echo chamber of rubbish. Now I try and focus on what is actually occurring. What is actually occurring is that the space is moving forward in leaps and bounds. We are seeing some massive traditional business players moving into the space and becoming a champion for blockchain technology we're seeing new businesses coming in that have had a lot of prior experience we're seeing partnerships we're seeing big investment in, so institutional funds i i know not directly but indirectly i've been in several talks with some sovereign wealth funds uh, looking to enter into the space that they start at 200 million dollars that's their lowest investment Right. so as far as giving you the i'm outside of the noise and looking down uh, on what's happening I am very, very, very clear as to what occurs. And if you've ever seen an emerging market and what it does and what it goes through, uh, and if you've studied them, you'll, you'll see some very, very uh, close similarities to the Internet. Uh, everyone back then said it wouldn't work, it wouldn't happen, it's a load of rubbish, it's never going to work well look at us now uh, and that's why I say you know people can bury their heads in the sand and possibly missed out on the biggest potential opportunity that is right in front of their nose right now
0: I think you're, you're right with the internet comparison I remember it, it came to my local library and I and I went down there with a couple of URLs I'd written down from a cricket magazine I think it was and went to you know <laughs> kookaburra.com.au and then I thought oh what's next there was no Google there's no way to sort of navigate and I thought oh look this is a little bit Shit, I'm not sure this is going to t- take off. But yeah, <laughs> look, look at where we are now. Obviously, uh, I, I got that one a little bit wrong. I, I'm interested in in the way that that you trade. Uh, traders talk about you know trading the news. So something will happen. There'll be an announcement, and and you can basically trade the market just just based on that. There are people that look at the fundamentals, the candlesticks, the the fib sequences and all that sort of stuff. Can you explain some of these sort of basics and, and how, how how you actually apply that to to make money in crypto?
1: Yes, certainly. Um, I mean, look, I, I'm a technical trader. Uh, when it comes to trading, not investing, I'm talking, they're two different things. Uh, investing is obviously doing the research on the projects, the teams, the progress, where they're going, what they're doing, uh, that's one's kettle of fish. The trading side, which is the stuff that I teach through my programs, is, uh, is down to technical analysis. Now, I use written checklists Uh, not just for the actual strategy. So, you know, I'll go through and go, is there an uptrend tick? Is there this? And I literally go through a list of essential rules Mm -hmm. and you've got to tick off all those essential rules and then there'll be bonus rules so I can try and find the best of the best before I, you know, place my orders. Because at the end of the day, it's my money. I'm not going to take a trade just for the sake of it. You know, I'm taking a trade. I want to try and find the best. My process is a process of elimination. Whenever I'm doing uh, my daily scan with my members, um, I'm looking for reasons to not take the trade. Uh, whereas most people are looking for reasons to take a trade because they want to have that excitement. They want to have that feeling. Like, you know, if someone's gambling, they, they like that feeling of having the opportunity. Yeah. I, I look at it purely from an objective point of view. There are no grey areas. I'm looking for reasons not to take trades. I'm a trend follower. Uh, so I'm not looking to, uh, you know, do anything other than. Trade the chunk in the middle. So I'm not looking to pick the top. I'm not looking to pick the bottom. I am not a hero. I do not need the accolades. I do not care. My job is to pick the chunk in the middle and to make as much money from that chunk in the middle as possible. Exit before the top, wherever that may be, and, uh, and just be safe when it is falling. Find that trend and trade short when the opportunities arise. It is a very structured, straightforward process. It's about repetition. It's about practice it's about repetition, it's about practice. Did I just
0: repeat myself? Yeah, yeah, you did, but uh, I, <laughs> I, I, get, I get the point. So a good day for you could actually be turning down what you saw as maybe 10 or 15 potential opportunities for trades because they haven't, they haven't met your metrics.
1: Absolutely, for example, today I have one, two, three, four, five, I've got five on my list right in front of me right here, uh, I took one trade on, what's today, Thursday, on Monday. Uh, that trade is in very good profit. It is also a really, really good hedge against my portfolio right now. If the market does decide to fall further, I am safely, I'm safe in the knowledge that I have a good short that will help to hedge that position. I've locked in profit on that trade. What else do I need to really do this week? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's with, with trading. You know, if we're used to traditional uh, working, you know, you give your time for your money. Uh, and that's how we work with trading. It might take me 15 minutes to find, assess, you know, do my whole structure, my entire morning routine to put that trade on. Now, whether that trade makes me $5 or $5 million, the amount of time it took was exactly the same. It's just relative to your account size. So money is not directly linked to time when you're trading. It's directly linked to outcomes.
0: Yeah, interesting, and, and I, I guess that's a it's a very... Um, I guess it's a it's a leveling thing, isn't it? Because I mean, there might be a certain property market where the houses are all five million dollars, and you could potentially, you know, do a do a better return than if you're buying in a market where the houses are all you know three hundred thousand dollars. But you can't access it, right? But with crypto, it, it's all the same. It's just how much you're you're wanting to put behind it.
1: You are as good as you wish to be. Hmm.
0: Yeah, wow. And, and, and I'm interested in, in, I guess, how people get started if there are people listening that, that want to sort of stick their toe in the water. I'm interested in, in how many successful full-time traders there are. I'm guessing that there are a lot of people that are just jumping in because money's burning a hole in their pocket. So h- how, how successful can people be? What sort of knowledge do they need to start with? And how do you help people get involved in, in crypto and, and, and get positive outcomes?
1: Yeah, so how successful can people be? Well, as as successful as they wish to be. It's as as with any industry, you know, um, it's 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 you that makes a success. It's not anything else. It's up to you, uh, ultimately. Um, I have seen the the crazy thing about this space is this. I know guys that took you know 150,000 and now they're worth 60 million in 18. Well, more like 24 months now. Right. I mean, you try and find any other market in the world where that is possible and has happened plenty so it's it, like as far as a variable of monetary success because I, I don't see I, monetary success in this space doesn't necessarily mean they're successful because luck played a big part for a lot of people yeah okay being successful is something you can replicate and it's yours and you own it and you can just keep on doing it now this is where I'm finding that my uh, my educational pieces have, have taken off so well as a lot of people would like have made money in that run-up they don't know what to do now. And because I've got years of experience trading, investing, and just being you know, in that space, uh, I'm able to help these people to not only keep their money, because that's the hardest thing, right? You, once you make your money, you've got to keep it. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm helping them to also multiply that, and teaching them real, real life skills as far as becoming somebody who knows how to manage money. So the way to get started, I mean, the easiest way for people to sort of dip their toe in the water, to be completely honest with you, is to... You know, is to just get started. Uh, and to get started, I mean, I, I've got the the trader Cobb crypto show. You can listen to the podcast and do it daily. Um, if you want to follow me on, uh, what is it, Twitter? I'm at trader Cobb C O B B. I put posts up there. I'm on Facebook, Craig Cobb, um, and Trader Cobb the business page. So there's videos that goes out every single day. Uh, I put a huge amount of free content out. Okay, a, a massive amount of free. I'm basically a Content churning machine, yep. um, and the idea is that um, I just got sick of seeing all the rubbish out there. I know that there are people that want to enter this space, but they haven't got a voice they can trust, a voice of reason, and somebody who actually comes from a bit of a, a bit of a structured background. Um, I am being that person in the space, and you can view it on the website as well. There's plenty of content on my website, tradercob.com. Um, aside from that, if you do want to actually get started. I do have educational programs with lifetime memberships which will help you to, A, show you how to, first of all, buy your very first cryptocurrency, how to move it across to the exchanges, what routines you need, all the way through to the written checklist strategies and, and following on with, with daily commentaries and whatnot. So there's a like, for me to tell you everything that I do, it, it'd be hard, but effectively, yeah. if people want to start to plug into the free stuff, hit me on my socials, get me on the podcast, go to tradercob.com, you'll see what I do. And then it's just a matter of take your time. Like there's a lot of people rushing in this space. Um, you rushing? When have you ever made a good decision when you're in a rush? Do you know what I mean? Like when have you ever made a good decision when you're emotional? Yes. Don't let the fear of missing out take you away from what your objective is. You need to plan what you want, and then slowly go about getting it. This space is very very fast. Don't get whipped up in it. Take advantage of it. And the only way you can do that is by being clear on what you want, on your objectives, and then educating yourself around those outcomes and practicing. That's. That's really it.
0: Yeah, awesome. And there's some great resources out there. You are absolutely a content machine. I can <laughs> testament to that. Now, um, Craig, just uh, I guess we're just a bit wary of the of the time. We want to try and wrap this up. I'm, I'm interested in. I guess people are going to be annoyed unless I ask you the crystal crystal ball question <laughs> about what's happening on the technology side and and what's the market going to do. And and maybe if you can just sort of wrap us up with with your best piece of advice in this space
1: yeah sure um the space itself it's going from strength to strength the technology is growing faster than ever uh you can choose to read the negative stuff or you can choose to read like i said take yourself out of the noise and focus on what is and what is happening right now is we're seeing the biggest brain drain out of silicon valley in the history of brain drain since the internet so we are seeing the best players, uh, the best brains, the best minds uh, in technology and this sort of you know area of you know, advanced technology being drained into blockchain. It is growing fast. Now, there are some concerns around people, you know, again, looking for another reason to, to stay away. People are saying, well, hang on, the energy consumption of the mining that, that is required for these currencies to take place, it's going to wreck the world. Yes, it will do at its current rate, but so are using fossil fuels. The difference is, <clears throat> excuse me, The difference is is that the people that are in the blockchain technology are young, they're smart, and they actually want to see change because we are the ones that see what these old thinking has done. They're wrecking the world and we know we can't continue on it. So you've got two things. You've got the brightest brains in the world coming together in one meeting spot. They want to make this work. And guess what, those brains also want to see the world move forward and away from, a, from an absolute 100% we will kill ourselves model. So you put these two things together, we will find outcomes. So the technology is well placed to continue its advancements. The market, the market is still very young. It is not the end, it is the beginning. The total market capitalization across all of crypto right now sits at about $350 billion. To give you some perspective there, Apple is worth $880 billion by itself, one company. Now if you consider the NASDAQ, which is essentially the tech, um, essentially the tech uh, index, it's not the global tech index, but it's where a, a lot of global companies list on the NASDAQ. The NASDAQ, at last, last time I looked, was about $8.8 8 <clears throat> yep. Now, the NASDAQ didn't exist. Remember that. The NASDAQ is a, more or less a result of what's going on with the dot-com, the technology boom, right? Now, if we can get anywhere near that level, you can do the math. Yeah. From $350 billion to $3.5 <clears throat> That's a multiple of 10.
0: Yeah. We've got a long way to go. We've and, got a long way to go. And I guess there's a lot of people thinking that the ship has sailed. We've, we've seen the boom of, of Bitcoin. And it's and, and interesting to hear you say, you know, don't rush in. But you see the opportunities there for for, you know, we're talking potentially decades or longer maybe.
1: This is a new industry. Will the internet disappear? No, this is an advancement of the internet. Yeah, awesome.
0: All right, uh, Craig, I uh, very much thank you for your time. It's been very illuminating and I encourage people, if they're interested, to have a look at your, your content. Thanks very much for your time and, and all the best.
1: Mike, thank you very much for having me and I hope this has been a benefit for everybody listening. Thank you. It's
0: been a pleasure. Cheers. The Cobb Crypto Podcast. Check out TraderCobb.com because experience matters.